This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Yes, it is true. The rumours are correct. We have picked up another three points. It is a miracle. Our first win of 2023 and we are in the middle of February. That's a little bit depressing in some ways, but I'm going to try and be positive about this. And I've been joined by Callum. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. That was the best Valentine's Day I've had in a while. Got a lot well, of love for I, I don't know Florida. where to go. With that it says a lot about you, Callum. I don't want to get involved. In that. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been joined by Nick. How you doing, mate? I'm good, Paul. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, another massive win, so I can't complain. Yeah, we can't complain, and it was fantastic. Really amazing to see a last-minute winner. We all love that. But let's get back to the beginning of that match. How shocked were you, Callum, to see no changes to the lineup? after that game against Sunderland? On one hand, I, 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 initially I was astounded because you think with the way he treats errors, you think Baba surely benched, but he wasn't. You think he's got three games in six days with the card game on Friday. You think maybe he swaps Long or Carroll out for Mete, puts his ease in someone. And also, Paulins always makes changes. Before last night, he hadn't named a single unchanged lineup. But then his comments after Saturday and after tonight, he wasn't that upset with the Sunderland performance. He thought it was okay with just one error. I I don't agree, but that's clearly how he thought. Yeah, I mean, Paul Ince has got his own way of, um, uh, I don't know what he's got. It's some kind of sorcery going on there, isn't it? I don't know how it all comes together. But Nick, what did you think when you saw the lineup and kind of like, Going into that first half, halfway through, I was thinking, I don't know what's happened here. This is just absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I agree with Callum. Um, it's quite a negative lineup, unchanged and for a home game where you're playing McIntyre midfield with uh, Hendrick. I thought Fauna might come in, as as Callum touched on with Baba. I thought Nest against Walker would come in or or something because Baba was again made that mistake at the end and cost us cost us a point. Uh, Mate is another one. I just didn't think we did. We just don't have anything going forward. And I thought Mate would just give us something different, a bit of energy. And yeah, it was, it was quite negative to see the same lineup and at home against a team that you would you should be really beating when you're down there. If you're not beating team, teams like I'm saying, obviously it's uh, I don't like that phrase being used against Redden, but teams like Rotherham, and we're not getting a playing a positive attacking lineup against them. And it's uh, I don't know at home. It's it's just really negative. It doesn't get the fans on side. I can't believe you've used teams like. I know. I'm really is. I'm actually ashamed of myself there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first 10 minutes, I mean, uh, Paulins was saying that we started quite well. I mean, we did okay, didn't we, Callum? It was hardly a barrage of shots. There was maybe one from Hendrick, which was blocked quite easily, a couple of corners, but it was not an, not an avalanche of chances, was it? No. And it was all, it was all set pieces, as usual. And Rodham were making the fatal mistake of giving us set pieces, a couple of free kicks as well. 
which is if you're setting up against Reading, that's surely the only tactical instruction you have is don't give them set pieces because they won't score otherwise. And even in the set pieces, they were all kind of lofted back post to Carroll, who was sometimes winning, but it wasn't going anywhere. We weren't creating chances off the set pieces. So, yeah, I mean, it was exactly what you'd expect from an unchanged lineup from that Sunday performance. Yeah, it was flat. And set piece FC do come into action definitely uh, later on in this match. And we'll talk about that. We'll also have some questions that you've sent in on Twitter, which is really great. And uh, we do appreciate them. But there's a man playing for Rotherham, hadn't scored in nine years. He then goes on to hit the bar from across that Barbara Man doesn't head away. Um, I just want to talk about Barbara Man for a minute. Um, he's clearly not in good form. He hasn't been in good form for us for a long time. But I don't think the jeering of him and the sarcastic cheering of him does him any good, Callum. I mean, whatever we think of him, no player, I think, really doesn't help him, does it? No, it, it's pointless. And it's it's a bit sad because we saw how upset he was after Sunderland, how long it took him to, because he had to go all the way around the outside of the pitch when he got subs. He looked devastated. I mean, I like him. And also, I don't, at this point, it's not his fault. It's the coaching because he's basically playing the same as he did six months ago at that left wing back spot. He's not really suited for it. He doesn't have a lot going forward. He doesn't really seem to know what he wants to do on the ball. And it's the coach's job to tell them, look, your job is to bomb down the wing, get crosses in or to play in field. If <laughs> he's got limitations, but I don't think the lack of coaching helps him at all. And I hate when we brought our own players. It's just pointless. No, I don't think he does any good at all. But unfortunately, he does go on to score a leap out here a few moments later. He's got to say, it's a fantastic header there, Nick, but he's got in between McIntyre and Carroll, hasn't he? Yeah, it is a good header. Like you said, for a guy that's not scored in nine years of a header like that, you think he's he's doing that all the time. It's a fantastic header. Uh, Lumley had no chance. But when you've got... I don't, we've got some big centre-backs in there and Saar. We've got McIntyre, who's not bad in the air. Uh, Carroll, who's a, he's brilliant in the air, we should be dealing with set pieces. And it's just so frustrating. And in what was more or less a nothing game, Rotherham weren't doing anything. We weren't doing anything. It was just a scrappy, rubbish game that was just heading for a nil-nil at the time. And to then concede from a set piece is just typical. But we should be dealing with that. And it's 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 quite frustrating to see a guy scoring after after nine years and hitting the bar moments before as well. So, yeah, it's, it sounds like it was, uh, it was destined to score yesterday, Peltier. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, if anyone had him on a bet, well done, because that would have yeah. been a real niche one, <laughs> completely and utterly. But we also had another chance, didn't we, uh, Callum? Not that long before half-time, skied over the bar and Tarek Fosu puts the cross in. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to see him do well last night, but he looked all right, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He looked comfortable on the ball. He was a lot of kind of those quick passes into the box that, I mean, we never do anymore. Uh, and just... He had that composure in the final third where he obviously created that chance. He had a couple of other openings that didn't lead to anything. Yeah, he looks like a just like a decent championship winger, which you know, we and I think we're so starved of a player like that because this season we've got we've got Shane Long and Andy Carroll up front. They're 70 years old between them, and that's our only attacking threat, really. So just having any kind of I mean, we love a Terry Fossil in this side right now. A 70-year-old, I mean, like, combined age, that is just not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the truth. But it is the flatness of that first half, though, Nick. I mean, I don't think, like, booing the team off helps, but I totally get why people feel frustrated because that was absolutely terrible. We were just 
so pedestrian. There seemed to be no plan, no organisation. Players were hesitant to cross, present to pass. There was just nothing, was there? No, there's no game plan, I, I don't think, in that. Uh, it was sort of lump it towards Carroll. Uh, Carroll might not win every ball, but when he did, he would either lose a ball if he brought it down or he'd flick it onto to nothing. And there's just not enough support there for Carroll or Long anyway. The wing-backs won't get enough. Like, Hoylett's not been great the last few games anyway. And uh, Baba, like we said earlier, isn't really suited for wing-back role. He's not a really attacking full-back. Um, and then the midfield, Ince is running. I don't think Ince was brilliant. Yesterday, but he runs around and works hard and... Then McIntyre and Hendrick are just sitting with just no support going forward. So if Karen Long do get it, then they've got no no one around them to play off. So it's just pointless and there's no game plan there. We need wingers, especially with Carroll, and it showed in the second half, which we'll get on to. But it showed that when we get wingers involved and cross into the box, and Carroll's useful, but when we're just lumping it up to Carroll, it's pointless. Um, so the, the boos were justified for me because there's just no... I don't even think it was... I think the game plan was bad. I don't necessarily think the team was... They were not playing well, but I think it was more to do with the tactics and the game plan. It just was ineffective and the boos were necessary. And I think that maybe pushed Ince into making the changes. Whether he would have kept changed it without the boos, I don't know. No? Well, we never know. You could be exactly right there. I mean, how nervous were you, Callum, at halftime? Because I was trying to be optimistic because I tried to be, but oh, that was flat. That was real flat. Yeah, it was getting dangerously into kind of manager kind of squeaky bum time because it. I mean, and I agree with you, Nick. I don't think I think the goal helps Paul Ince the goal we conceded in the first half because we saw it again at Sunderland and at one one in this game. He doesn't make attacking changes while the game's drawing. If he's got something to lose, he's too scared to kind of make a brave change. He made that. Plus, I don't think those changes were so. The obviously Guinness Walker came on for an injury that's enforced. I think Shea Long was carrying an injury because obviously he was down for a few minutes in the first half and didn't look right. And that's disease. And obviously then he brings on uh, Fauna for Hoylett as well. But that's two out of three changes he's forced to make. I'm, I'd be interested to know what you guys think, but I don't even think we can credit him too much for the changes if they were forced upon him. Possibly. Yeah, if they're, if they're forced, it's hard, isn't it? But um, they, they were needed and... If he didn't make, if they weren't forced, and he ha and he just made them, then fair play. But then, if they're forced, would he have done that? And if he if he wouldn't have done that, then that's worrying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I'd rather have a lucky manager at some point in the moment because that's <laughs> yeah, what we true. need. <laughs> that's what we need. There was a question that kind of like yeah, about this situation from Jamie Butler: Was the halftime double substitution and change of shape into his final throw of the dice? Felt like had we lost, he'd be under real scrutiny with two massive games coming out. I mean, I think it was a little bit, wasn't it, Callum? It felt like I'm going to have to throw this on. And he would have been under massive scrutiny if we'd have lost against Rotherham. From the fans, if yeah. not inside the club. Yeah, I mean, we've seen when I mean, he was back against the wall, nothing to lose, really. He had to make changes. The 43 helped, I think. Also, just in a simplistic sense, having Aziz on set pieces, because both are, again, we're set piece FC, we don't score if we play goals. We had one or two more chances and we had more of the play, but we still weren't creating a lot from open play in the 4-3-3. Although he said it was a 4-2-3-1, but we can talk about that. Um, so yeah, I think honestly, just having Aziz on as a set piece taker was the big difference. Yeah, on that 4-2-3-1 and the 4-3-3-1, Callum, I find that really um, interesting. I mean, it's like, I'm going to know something more than you a little bit vibe, isn't it, Nick? It's uh, 
I don't know what's going on. Which which set is wrong? Is it the fans wrong? Is it the manager correct? I don't know. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. But yeah. just another little thing, isn't it? I don't understand why he'd get his back up about that. Um, I mean, Fauna's not an attacking midfielder, and I don't think Hendrick had gone into an attacking role, uh, and T-Mac was just sitting, which was fine. But uh, it seemed to me that it was uh, 4-3-3 with Ince as he's wide of Carroll and then sort of three central midfielders. I didn't really see anyone in the, in the attacking role. Um, yeah, but strange. I think maybe he's getting a bit defensive. Um, he's getting a bit of stick. I think he was... Did it against Sunderland, didn't he? He got a bit defensive about the, I think it was a Sunderland journal, um, about his tactics, which was a fair point. Um, yeah, he's just getting a bit negative. I guess he's feeling the pressure and and that's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Um, he's in the world of embargo, which um, I know like people get frustrated when they hear about this, but he's the one who's had to deal with that with Mark Bowen. And we don't know what's happened there, do we? But thankfully, he does make the changes for whatever reason they were. And... Did it make us into a devastating attacking team with extreme ability and like lightning fast attacks? No, it didn't do that, unfortunately, but it had more than enough of an impact just all over the pitch. And in the 52nd minute from a Femi Aziz set piece, Callum, you've got to say that's a fantastic, typical Andy Carroll of 10 years ago kind of header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, because it's not, it's not even that big of a chance. He, he gets it. I mean, he's central, which is good, but it's still it's quite high. He has to jump well. But it was just because the delivery was flat enough that in the first half, he was always heading it kind of way at the back post. So he's never shooting from there, like scoring, trying to score with his head. It's always a, a knockdown. Whereas this one, he could actually run at it and come onto it. Um, you question defending, how they've... I know you might not beat Andy Carroll in the air, but you can challenge him and put him off. But yeah, it's just... Uh, that's why you have Andy Carroll on the team for the set pieces. I mean, open play, I, I think he's almost useless. But set piece wise... Yeah, he's massive. Yeah, I definitely didn't say that we should take Andy Carroll off at halftime. That wasn't me. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I agree. There's a real issue there, isn't it? The kind of, I don't know where you, how you work it out of the situation of Andy Carroll because we have so many chance, not so many, but with tax, when he's not even in the penalty area. And if he's not there to score, you can see why we're not scoring goals in open play. It is a, a real issue. But Nick... We were kind of moving forward. We were going forward and we were trying to tap, obviously trying to get that second goal a little bit, not going for it massively. But Connor Washington has a chance when he's kind of, what is this a pass through or is it more of a clearance from Robin? Yeah, I think, I'm not I think sure. that's a clearance. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it is. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe he got through and goal from that as well. I, I don't know how nobody dealt with the first ball to, or I, I don't know what was going on there. Obviously, Saar did well to recover it. And then Benge, obviously, he's got. It's got a good bit of pace, which I really like about him. And he got back in there too. Between the two of them, they dealt with it quite well in the end uh, to prevent Connor Washington scoring. But to just be on the front foot and then suddenly Rotherham getting behind again, it, I was pretty worried about. I thought we were going to score. I thought Connor Washington, he scored against us. I think he got one or two at the first game in the at Rotherham early in the season. Um, and he just seems to want to punish us a bit, a bit like Patrick Roberts on Saturday as well, who's always scoring against us. Uh, so I was a bit worried. We got away with that one. I thought Saar had a really good game, actually. Uh, he looked much better uh, than he has done in recent weeks. And he, he looked all right against Sunderland. He's looked good today. I don't know, maybe he wasn't fully fit until recently. And that's why he went back out of the team. But he looked he's looked much better and much more solid now. And, and Benge is just, I, I love him. I think he's great. So they dealt with that great yesterday with Washington. And we got away with it. But 
um yeah you need a bit of luck don't you to to get results yeah big block there from sir wasn't there from that chance yeah. totally and um if that goes in um the stadium evacuates doesn't it callum i, I can't see there's <laughs> like being many people there i mean it was hardly rammed but there was a decent enough atmosphere wasn't there yeah i thought it was okay actually i thought i mean they were allowed in the first half and the second half for different reasons uh yeah, it was it for, for a cold tuesday night it was it was a decent crowd and people the second half just seeing players on the ball and you saw whenever we got the ball on the left hand side four nice sprinting up the field aziz Guinness Walker, it gets the crowd up so much more than lofting it to Andy Carroll and Jeff Hendrick meandering around. It's it was just the joy of seeing something new and and exciting, and also with how uh, the game plan almost evolved to just try and get Aziz isolated against Peltier because obviously Peltier he's been around a long time. He's not the quickest right back in the world, and before the game they're probably thinking that's not an issue. He's up against Baba, but then just having Aziz against him. God, it's just exciting all of a sudden. You play a long ball and you think we actually might get something from this. Well, there was the chance for Aziz, wasn't there, when uh, Tomins lost his mind that he hadn't passed him <laughs> when he's managed to muscle through. <laughs> I mean, Tomins doesn't take much for him. I mean, when he's off the pitch, he's probably not like this. But when he's on the pitch, he just likes to blame everyone. He'd blame the lines for that, wouldn't he? If <laughs> he could. But um, I don't think Femi Aziz could have done much more than it. I mean, he's always going to shoot, isn't he? I think so. He's, he's, it's not the best angle, but he's in on goal. He's got the keeper to beat. Um, maybe he just needs to hit it across. Uh, he tries to hit it across him. I think it hits the keeper, but maybe he should try and go near post and beat him with power alone. Um, I don't think he would have found Ince in, in the box, if I'm honest. He had sort of two defenders hovering around him. I think if he goes for Ince, then we'll be saying, why didn't he shoot? Because uh, I, I think that might get intercepted or, or blocked anyway, regardless um, so yeah, maybe, maybe he could have gone for instance, it's is in a better angle He's in the middle of the goal is a, is a better option in, in some ways, but yeah, I think, um, Aziz is better off shooting there in my opinion. And it's a good save. The keeper, the keeper made a good solid save. He stood up big to it and, uh, just got his body, his body in front of it. But yeah, Aziz was a live wire and he did well to stay on his feet initially, beat the defender, stay on his feet and, uh, yeah, shame he didn't score because he, he probably deserved to go yesterday. He made a good, great impact again when he came on. Yeah, and he had an even bigger impact later in the game. Last minute corner, you're thinking this would be an immense time to score. This is what we want. This is one limbs in the Dolan. That's what we're all for, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so, ball comes in from the corner. Andy Carroll does his Andy Carroll thing, gets the header. And finally, we get someone who cuts across and gets ahead of the defender, Fauna. I mean, I'm horny for Fawny. That's all I can say on Valentine's Day, Callum. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... And it's funny because the game wasn't going any particular direction before that. There was no subs made in the last 20 minutes. And both teams had set pieces. and you're kind of thinking, this could go either way. And yeah, it's... I mean, we tried that corner all the first half too, the set piece to Andy Carroll at the back post. And like you said, Fawny has great positioning. And I just loved how much it meant to him. I mean, you saw in the celebrations afterwards, uh, after the game, where he was loving it and where, you know, the whole 1871 was singing his song and he was, it, I felt really good for him because he's had a really tough time this year. I feel he gets a lot of, a lot of stick from both instances, both on the field and off the field. And he's not been starting much recently. So it's, no, it's a lovely moment for him, for a young player who's, and also every interview he gets now, he keeps saying how he'd love to stay here. And I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat next season. Yeah, totally. I mean, he said that he uh, shed a tear after he scored. I, I guess that's a combination of um, 
sheer relief at playing, playing a big role, and like the being in the team environment. Because all of the players said that, you know, the three players that come on, they've got a link now because they would have played a lot in other games. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they kind of like feel like a a bond, which is something that is really special in the team. And if you can get those three players in the team starting on a regular basis and they start to you know, play well, I think that's going to massively help us. And what we need as Redden fans is a little bit of excitement, Nick, isn't it? And those three players give us that. Yeah, um, it's just great to see some attacking in 10. And Ford has got great energy. I was so shocked he didn't get into the team from the start after the poor result against Sunderland, just having my energy in there. And it helps McIntyre as well because he's not... I don't think he's a bad footballer at all, McIntyre in the midfield. He's for, for a centre-back. He's a good foot, footballing player, uh, but he's a bit slow on the ball. And when there's no energy around him, where Fawn's got that pace and energy, it makes McIntyre look better doing his defensive job. When he's expected to dictate the play in midfield because it's him and Hendrick, then it's a bit... It, we're missing something. We're too slow. The tempo's too slow. But getting Fauna on really increases that tempo straight away. And, you know, Aziz is a direct winger. He, he he likes to score goals. He's been doing it in the under-23. He's getting fit again. He was doing it at the start of last season uh, before his injury problems. And I think that's only a matter of time before he starts scoring goals again in the first team now. Uh, and Guinness Walker is a really good... When we're playing wing-backs especially, or at home to what I'd call lesser opposition, you know, not the, the bigger teams in the championship. Um Playing Nesta Guinness Walker gives you a bit of intent at home and that excitement. Uh, you know, I still worry about him on a defensive point of view. I'm still not sure if I'd play him against stronger teams. Uh, but when we're playing at home, especially with the wing backs against your Rotherhams, your Cardiffs, so the teams who are lower than us at the moment, or anyone in mid table with us at the moment, play your players with attack and intent, direct, directness and tempo, and have a go because we'll beat most of these teams if we ever go at home because we. We've got that quality and attack to put the ball in the net when we create chances. And we just don't do that generally. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. And now we've got the third best home record in the league and we've got the third joint highest amount of goals, which is completely crazy. Um, when you look at our away record, it is absolutely, wow, it's shit, isn't it? There's no point in dressing it up, is there? We are now officially in the Scott Down zone. We are now reaching toward the end of the podcast. It's obligatory. We have to mention him because, of course, he came on last night. There's nothing against Scott Dan. It's just what happens, isn't it? So we're going to have some of the questions now that you've sent us in, which we really appreciate. From Rob Malloy, what do you think Ince will do now that Yedim is out for two games and being able to write back in the flat back four? What do you think, Callum? Oh, uh, I think he... Well, I think Mbengi has to go either if he's right back or right wing back. Whichever formation he goes for, he'll have to be in Benge. Because I think we've established Hoylet's form has been off for a while now when he subbed him at half time. Yeah, so I guess because he can get, obviously go in Benge and then what, Saar, Dan, and Guinness Walker, assuming Baba's still out. It's quite a, it, it's a, definitely a new back four, one we haven't seen before. Um, but I think he's not got any other option, has he? Not massively. No, no, I don't think so. Um, Freeva, maybe? He could play there, couldn't he? Yeah, but he, yeah. he, he hasn't even been making the bench, though, again recently. Can't see it. No, so just I, the possible, you know, just the, yeah. you never know what he's going to do. He could throw in a curveball, but I, I think that's unlikely. I think it will be on Bengay. So, Nick, here's a different one completely uh, from Josh B. We need an attacking midfield-minded midfielder as a 10 in a midfield three. We have Cassidy on the bench, doesn't get a looking. Should he be playing? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, he's he's come in and been thrown straight in against Watford, who are one of the stronger teams in the championship. Lasted, what, 60 minutes against Watford or so. Came off. Um, and then he's just not... He's been on the bench for the last two and he's not come on at all. And I thought, especially with Sunderland, when we're trying to you know, keep keep hold of a ball and we're sitting back, maybe bring him on and give him a go. But how is he going to get up to speed and improve? Because this is his first men's football experience because he's just been playing youth football or football league trophy football lately. Uh, how's he going to improve if he's not playing? Um, and we brought him in. We needed a ball player, whether it's a 10 or a deep ball player. Ovi Ajari's not going to get a look in anymore, I don't think. And we've got one in on loan. It's what we all wanted. It's what we've been crying out for for ages. And he's, he's uh, not got a look in in two of the three games he's been involved in from starting the first game. So I don't know if it just feels he's not not ready, but then you need to give him opportunities. And I know the games have been tighter, but we were losing to Sunderland. Bring him on. Bring him on and... Uh, give him a run out and try and win it at nil-nil. And yeah, I don't know, maybe Cardiff, we can we can afford to give him another go. But yeah, he should be starting or at least getting a go off the bench and growing into the team. Because I think he'll need time to adapt, but he's not going to adapt if he doesn't get the opportunities. What do you think on that one, Callum? Yeah, I think... I, I'm shocked that A, Chelsea sent him to us, given that we're so survival-focused... Ince doesn't typically go for the younger options. He prefers his experienced heads. Uh, we're not a great ball-playing team. It's not like you say, you should look at uh, Ahmad Diallo, the Sunderland uh, learning from Man United, having a great season because they're a really young attacking team. He's getting a lot of the ball and he's thriving. So, yeah, it's quite a, I think it's quite a big loan for us because if it doesn't work out, then you, you look at the summer and you try and go for loans again from Chelsea and they're thinking, well, we gave you this £12 million youngster and you barely used him. So, I, I, I mean, I... Because you could almost put him at the eight, uh, put Fauna uh, deeper into McIntyre's role and move McIntyre back into centre-back uh, for with the Bengi obviously out to right-back for Friday. Especially when we've got another game so close. I mean, he's he's fresh. He looks physically ready. He's a big guy. He's got a bit of speed. I'd, I'd 100% give him a go. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it's something that we lack. Will it work? None of us know, do we? But what do we gain by not trying? We just end up playing in a stale fashion like we did in the first half. And I don't want to see that. I think I'd rather try something that's a little bit different. So a question here from uh, Georgie Dawes. That's a quality name on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> is Ince actually capable of learning or is he just too stubborn? I feel that he could accept that he doesn't know everything and that he can still learn things. That his managerial career might start to show signs of improvement. Well, this is a difficult one on Paul Ince, isn't it, Nick? I mean, you're talking about his character here, and we all know he's not big on admitting he's making a mistake, is he? No, he's not. And like we were saying earlier, he gets he's getting quite defensive at times, and that might be a pressure thing. Um, I actually like the way he talks most of the time, how he comes across in interviews. He's quite honest, and I like that because we had the Riddler before in Panovic, and now we've got honest in so it's it's nice it's refreshing to have that honesty and I, i'd rather have that in a manager um in terms of learning i'm interested to see how he would do if he could post embargo um sorry pre uh yeah post embargo um if he gets to bring in a different caliber set of players in the summer if he is our manager next season and i'm not saying that's the right decision to stick with it so i'm not sure if i'm honest but um I would be interested to see how he adapts to that and if he does anything differently or if he is set in his ways in terms of having this experienced physical side. I do think part of that is because of our embargo and he knows we're 
we're a bit in the mud this year and he's doing that and, and we've just got to sort of accept that to some extent um but yeah i don't know because he's had he's had jobs before i know they're a long time ago where they have been better teams his mk don's team was pretty good um he's done the dirty work with Mac- macclesfield similar to what he's doing now um and then blackpool i think he tried to play play a bit of football and he started well there and similar to how he's doing now i guess he's dropping off a bit um but yeah, I, I think obviously, I think all, you can always learn. There's no, no one gets to a point where they stop learning in general. I think in general life, not even just in football. So yeah, he can still learn uh, whether he, whether he wants to learn, I don't know. But uh, yeah, of course he can still learn and improve the way he manages. And yeah, I just want to see what he could do with a different sort of team and a different sort of transfer window. What sort of player and caliber player, will he still go for these older heads or will he look to bring through a younger team? I think we'd all like to see a younger team now personally. And uh It'd be interesting if he does that in the summer, if he's still manager and and how he how he gets us playing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think he's like most managers, to be honest. I think they're all a bit arrogant, aren't they? And set in their ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some are more than others. I mean, I you need to be to some sorry? extent. I think you need to be in some extent yeah. to be a bit yeah, arrogant and a bit, you know, you're you're the leader and it's it's your way or 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 no way to 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 some extent anyway. Do you want yeah, anything I, on that, one, Callum? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a an interesting thing on ends is that today on the dot makes this the longest stint of his managerial career he's never had a longer job than he has now and you think i mean and they've always followed the same pattern where he comes in initially he has a, a good start kind of galvanized team which he had with us then it tears off a bit and usually that's the end for him and then he gets he gets sacked he's kind of he's entering a this, this new period where will he get a second wind because we've got 19 points from 19 the last 19 games now so he's tailed off. Again, it's not awful, considering I know the squad's bad. So it's not awful. But we saw how quickly the, the temperament can change in the stadium last night because the football is awful. It is joyless. So I'm interested. Uh, I, I, I struggle to, to see a good argument for keeping him for the summer because I just don't think there's any evidence to point towards him being the manager that can lead us long-term over the next two, three years just because he hasn't he hasn't done that anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm sure you can find But yeah, yeah, he's always learning, isn't it? I mean, because like it is a different experience for him. And also going through the embargo. I mean, there's a question that kind of covers that situation. This will be the last one. Mike Stagg, I think I said it a few weeks ago, but it should definitely be in the background. The players we've got are very good considering the embargo. So if we had a better manager, there's no reason we couldn't be in the playoff race because we're only six points behind. I think it's a bit of a push for the playoffs for the players that we've got. <laughs> but maybe if you look long term to the summer with a few adjustments i'm working this all on the basis that we're not under embargo if we are that all changes callum but how do you think like that's going to work out because it will be interesting like you just said he then will he change policy on transfer slightly and bowen will he get younger players in we just don't know do we you'd hope so because I mean, we can't go we can't get older <laughs> well don't bet again <laughs> yeah but um you'd hope so because at some point we need to start becoming a club that can actually like, you know, get young players in, you know, and start selling them and start being that because long-term we need to be a smarter club. And that involves buying players who are 21, 22, 23, having them for a few years and then selling them off for the big bucks. That's not, we were bad at selling players before. And that was what our big issue. We didn't sell like Liam Moore at his peak or, or anyone really. And that's what, that's part of what cost us. So yeah, having a long-term plan and especially with Mark Bowen, Mark Bowen and the transfer and, you know, the new scout that's come in, them choosing the players we sign for the long term instead of Ince 
cherry picking because we don't want to be too dependent on one manager. Whether he stays or whether he goes, it's it's important to have a, a club wide uh, transfer policy. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope that is the way forward. We will find out. So thanks a lot for listening. Really appreciate it. And if you have enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. And just enjoy the fact that we've won. Who knows how long it will be until the next one comes along. So.